The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. Make sure to tune into Draft Day on the 13th of July, where Ryan Kramer will attempt to draft for 24 hours straight. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Hello, everyone. Welcome along to the Sports Gambling Podcast. This is the MLB Gambling Podcast. Uh, we're bringing you our 24 hours delayed, our Sunday night show. Uh, we're recording now on a Monday afternoon. Uh, with the Home Run Derby, we're going to have a little look at um, the Home Run Derby tonight, which takes place in Colorado um, during the All-Star break. We're going to have a little look at our picks for the weekend as well and a few other bits and bobs. And joining me from Houston, Texas, where I believe I've just been watching the news over here and the news was telling me how uh, wildly hot it is, Moonaf. You're in the middle of a, of a heat wave or something even worse, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Another, another uh, day in Houston, Texas, at least in the summer, where it's, it's scorching hot. Um, we try to stay indoors during the summer times, but it's, it's, it gets ridiculous. And I don't, I don't, we haven't even reached our hottest temperatures yet, but, um, yeah, we, you just got to stay hydrated down here during these times and, uh, just try to make it through the summer months. But, uh, I, I know you're, you're probably hotter than me and steaming a little bit after yesterday. So <laughs> you want to, you want to get into that quickly? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Muna. You're going to have to... Uh... Oh, the football, do you mean? Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's been a roller coaster, let's say, a roller coaster kind of 18 hours. Um, went to the pub, we had a room booked out for 80 people. Yep. All the football team, the little lads, the 10-year-olds, uh, and the families and, and the dads and everybody else. And it was good, really good atmosphere, enjoyed it, um, scored a goal. I think probably... Um, I should have gone for it at that point. Um, once we were, once we got one nil up, yeah. um, we for about twenty minutes. I think we had them on the ropes, and really we could have gone for it and got a second goal. Um, it didn't happen. The, the game settled down. The equaliser was coming. Um, you could you could see it coming. They they got on top, and then actually England hung on for a little while. Um, extra time, nothing much happened, and. We lost on penalties, um, which it's an absolute lottery at that point. Uh, so, I mean, like I've said the last couple of weeks, I, it's not something I was heartbroken about. I could, you can't fake that affection. So, I yeah. was I was more disappointed for the people I was with because there was people I was with who weren't faking that affection. People who this was a life changing thing. There was yeah. people people there was granddads there who were 60, 70, 80 years old who've been waiting fifty five years to see this and oh. might not get another chance. Um, so, I was disappointed for them. Uh, and yeah, it's one of those things. It's just a, so I was, I, I got home, I was disappointed. Um, and then today I've just spent all day. I, th- I think most rational people have just furious with what's happened since the, um, the racist abuse that the players have, um, um, received online, sure. uh, Saka and Rashford yeah. and, um, 
Sancho, uh, Jaden Sancho, have all received load of racist abuse. Um, the England fans smashing the place up, fighting, beating up Italians, finding black people in London. It just makes you embar- absolutely embarrassed and ashamed to be uh, part of this stupid fucking country. Like it's absolutely horrendous. Um, I've since got home, and in the last hour, I've watched the new. I've taken some more media in, and like most things, with a little bit of time came a bit of perspective. And you realise that that's not everybody in this country. That is such a tiny minority. Sure. Um, but that's what makes the headlines. No one, there's not a news story and 99.9% of people went home and shrugged their shoulders, had a cup of tea and went to bed. That's yeah. not a story. Um, but so, yeah, uh, and the the majority of us are are respectful and well-meaning and well-behaved football supporters, all who just love the sport. Uh, and like most things in life, it's, it's the minority that absolutely knackered it up. So, the, yeah, there's been some disgraceful behaviour. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, like we said last week, that the being an Englishman uh, in the Slack channel wasn't always a fun place. And I absolutely understand it. And things like this just sort of appall you. Like. Um, so, yeah, it's been a roller coaster, we would absolutely say. Um, I don't know which part I'm on. Well, about five minutes ago, I was all right. And now I feel myself a bit agitated again. So yeah, I think I'll re- I'm responsible for rallying you up. No, <laughs> the, the, I thought it was, a, it was a great match. I actually bet on England to lift the trophy. And I thought they, they could, have, at least for the game part, they, I think they could have gone for the kill when they got up 1-0. And they had all the momentum on that side within that yeah. next ten mid uh, that uh, next ten minutes after that first goal they kind of had Italy on the ropes, um, and they probably could have got a second goal. So it was tough to see. Um, and they got the equalizer. I mean, it was uh, I think it was off of a, a rebound that the goal. Uh, yeah, it was a bit scrappy. So, yeah, and then um, you know it was just unfortunate and penalty kills. It, it, it's sad because it really takes away from a great tournament that it was that you have the minority, like you said that have to make this something personal and make racial remarks. And, you know, with all the things that we've gone through with, you know, I don't want to get all political about our our show here, but, you know, you being there in England, I think that was was a, a firsthand experience because um, you could provide us with what's happening because you're on that side of the country. So um, don't want to get into ignore it either. It would be folly to ignore it. We could just can't sit here and talk about the football and pretend that hasn't happened because it has happened and it's spoiled what was. And now again, like I say, I've got a little bit of perspective and you realize that the last month has been a positive thing for our country coming out of lockdown. People have got back into the stadiums. All the kids are going to school, faces painted and flags. And it's been a fun time and everyone's been singing the song and going to the pub together. And and the team, like I said last week, they're a team that took the knee, they're a team that will wear a rainbow armband. They're a team that have fed starving kids through the lockdown. Yeah. Um, And the the crazy part is, is that, when you told me last week, I believe on our episode that Marcus Rashford really helped the the country when the government wasn't, I that was a storyline that I didn't hear of until you told me. And, the, and yeah. the sad part is that we don't hear about those type of things that happen not only in England but all over the world, right? And it's yeah. always a negative news because negative news sells. That's what makes the headline. So it, it's really sad to see. But you know, I'll let you wrap it up. But I, I thought it was a great match. Unfortunately, you know, England fell short a little bit. You got to give the uh, Italian goalkeeper a lot of credit for what he did in the penalty uh, shootout. But um, you know, we're we're on to uh, looking forward to the World Cup and getting back to you know the uh, leagues again starting here uh, fairly soon in August. 
Yeah, I think one. I think one of the most positive things is that this is a very young England team, sure. and as much as it never pans out to say we will have other chances, yeah. um, they, they should do. They, they've got the, the best years should be ahead of them, and hopefully that uh, the the social side of things will will sort itself yeah. out because it it has put a bit of a damper on it. But with a bit of perspective, yeah, it's it's been a positive month, and I think there's more to come. Um, now, so this ties nicely into our pick smooth off moving on to uh, what happened over the weekend because I came back last night. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously a little bit tired and emotional, uh, uh, tired and emotional alcohol had been taken <laughs> and I put the, I put the baseball on and my dog was going, um, which was a big price dog plus 183, I think yeah. was Merrill Kelly and the diving backs against the Dodgers. The Dodgers had beaten them 22 one on Saturday night. Yep. Um, so I checked it was in the bottom of the six and the D backs were two one up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mookie Betts had hit a, Dinger off the very first pitch mm-hmm. of the game. And then Merrill Kelly had outdueled Tony Gonsolin, which is what I'd hoped. Uh, they'd got 2-1 up. Just as I flicked it on, uh, Dalton Varshaw then hits a two-run bomb and the D-backs go 4-1. Uh, and I made the fatal mistake. I wrote one word in the Slack channel, moving off because there was a few people in there. There's a little bit of chat, so I could see people were actively. And I just wrote Diamondbacks with three or four dots after it. Uh, you know, it was just the beginnings of a little uh, a little flex, the beginnings of a little celebration. Yeah. Uh, and in the bottom of the eighth, the Dodgers scored three to tie it up. And in the bottom of the ninth, the Dodgers scored three more in one seven four. So yeah, that was a that was the kick in the pants that I didn't need when I'd just been roundly kicked in the pants for about two hours. Another week where the bullpen screws us over, right? So I had it last yeah. week, and then you 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 took the you took so the, the D as well. Jake Risnick out in right field. Um, I've no idea what he was playing at. He just just made two absolutely rookie errors, like just two bog standard plays. I'd have caught them. Um, there, there was one landed between him and Varsho, the center fielder, yeah. um, and it just makes a huge difference. Uh, and then the, the run score after that. So the, the unearned run scored after an absolutely basic error. Like so, but the way my night was going, that was always that was always going as well. Um, my lock. Um, I don't know if I can claim it or not, Moonaf. You can be the independent adjudicator on this because sure. I picked Cal Quantrill to go on Sunday night also against Chris Bubich and the Royals. Uh, but they pulled forward uh, Quantrill twenty four hours to the Saturday. Yeah. Um, and he actually won relatively comfortably. Uh, he went six innings, which I'd hoped he would. So he was he was getting stretched out. He'd, he'd sort of built himself up to five innings pitched last time against Houston. Yeah. Um, and this time made it seven, and, and Cleveland won this really comfortably. So um, am I allowed to put a tick against my name there, Moonaf? Or yeah, I, I think the disclaimer that we have to put out is usually when we're pick, making our picks, it's usually based off the starting pitcher for that team Absolutely, that we're going yeah. for, right? So I know there, there's there's going to be it's almost every day in the MLB where pitcher there's the pitching change whether a pitcher that we're backing it gets rescheduled to go the following day or the day after that. So I think the disclaimer that we should put out there for our listeners and people that are betting our picks is that uh, just pay attention to which pitchers that we're backing and uh, just make sure when you're putting in the bets that it's that pitcher starting because like we said that pitching changes happen. So. Yeah, for sure. You you claimed that as a win because that was a guy that you were backing um, uh, for the Indians. I think there'd maybe been a rain out on Friday, so yeah. and a, a, so they did uh, move some of that pitches around. But yeah, yeah. Uh, even if we go and put it in the will win column again, the process is right. Uh, Cal Quantrill um, did get the job done. So yeah, one and one, and really a, quite a hard luck story loss uh, at a big price last night for the Diamondbacks. Uh, Moon half one and one. It's the story about this is maybe the fourth show running now. You are. You are one and one again. 
Yeah, last week we went one and one. I think the previous week is when we all did really well. So we're back to that one and one road. Uh, quickly, I had my lock was the under uh, yesterday, uh, Sunday with uh, Luis Castillo and Brandon Woodruff on the mound, both against stellar. We took the sorry, I took the under in that game. Uh, both starting pitchers were stellar. I believe um, it was like one zero heading into, or it was tied up heading into the ninth, and then the Reds tacked on two more to get the victory there. But both pitchers, like I said, when uh, Brandon Rudolph, six innings, only gave a one earned run, Luis Castillo, five in the third, three hits, one earned run. So he gave up six uh, walks, but uh, they were able to get a couple of double plays and get him out of that inning. So um, that one fairly cashed easily. And then my uh, dog, uh, another pitcher that got rescheduled, Ross Stripling. Uh, he was supposed to go, I believe on Friday, but he got rescheduled to Saturday um, against the blue Jays. Um, but, uh, nonetheless, he didn't have a good outing either. Um, he gave up, he only went three and two thirds of an in gave up four or four earned runs. And the offense also was a no show. So, uh, took the, uh, loss there. So another one in one week, um, that would probably put us at even money, uh, not making money, not losing money either. So, um, that was a story for us this past weekend. Nick and Will, uh, Nick, you know, was on vacation last week. He will be back uh, tomorrow with us. Uh, we'll make that announcement to, uh, after the end of the show. And then Will also was busy with work this week. So uh, both of those guys will be on tomorrow's show. Um, uh, and then we'll all have picks for the uh, game starting again, I believe, on Thursday. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I think the, the pitching matchups over the weekend, you said there was a lot of pitchers going on to the IL, possibly tactically for 10 days. You, Darvish, went. Uh, there was another couple of other names as well. Um, so hopefully things will settle down again uh, as we get into the second half, um, starting on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, our tally side picks, tally side has corrected itself, whatever gremlins they had fixed. Uh and unbeknownst to me, it turns out I'm an absolute legend, Moonoff. Um, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> two weeks running, uh, done all right, sixty percent. And this week I'm fifty-four and thirty-nine. Uh, so yeah, led the been on top of the leaderboard of, of the analysts for a couple of weeks there. Uh, so while I've been whinging onto you that I'm not doing much correct, it turns out I was. It was just, I was like a swan, Moonoff. Yeah. Uh, all you see is the exterior gliding along all the hard work was going on underneath the water um so that that's how i was doing and yeah yeah you're rolling along nicely 55 percent moon off yeah last week i, I missed yesterday i just completely it was yesterday was just such a busy day for me I, I didn't wasn't able to get my picks up there but um yeah i'm still hanging there around 55 percent for the season so uh that's the goal for me for every sport when i'm putting on my tally sites there uh tally side picks there um yeah nick, like i said nick was on vacation so we he was completely off the grid so sometimes you kind of need to get your mind right to come back and grind and uh will again he's at 54 percent. so you know we've kind of bounced back nicely i know maybe a month or so ago we were all around like that 50 percent, 52 percent, and over the last uh month or so here we've really improved our overall averages and uh, it's starting to show on tally side and then also on our uh, website so again if you haven't seen our picks or been following our daily picks make sure to head over to sports gambling podcast.com just hit that mlb tab hit mlb picks and you'll see uh, all of our picks daily for every single game between myself malcolm nick and will yeah, the uh, the SGN the SGPN boys are starting to feature more heavily at the top ends of those leaderboards again. Yep. And we're starting to fill out the top places again, so that's good. Um, before we get into the home run derby, Moonaf, there's really one bit of news that's uh, uh, quite a 
a very important piece of news. Uh, and it was Ronald Acuna with a yeah. torn ACL um, out for the rest of the season. Yeah, that this this is like the worst injury. That and Achilles tear are the two worst injuries that you can have in, in any, any sport. And tearing, uh, you know, torn uh, ACL, it, it takes at least a year for you to kind of come back and, um, you know, be yourself again. So the good thing for Ronald Acuna is that he's still a young guy. He's going to be able to recover uh, nicely, but it's going to be a long road ahead of him. But to lose one of the best players in MLB, especially for, for the Atlanta Braves, you know, we talked about Fernando Tatis Jr. and Ronald Acuna. They're 1A and 1B in that National League as far as the young talent that we have. So, you know, for him to go down with a torn ACL, it is just crushing, man, because we've talked about him a lot and, and, and you know, him being the leadoff hitter for the uh, for the Atlanta Braves and the face of their franchise, it's tough to see. So, you know, wishing him a speedy recovery. Hopefully he's going to be back uh, within a year or so. So um, just just hope everything goes well for him on his recovery uh, back to the field. Yeah, absolutely agree with that, Munaf. Um I think from a betting angle, the one thing it has done is kind of uh, firmed up the Mets at the top of that NL East yeah. uh, division. We've, I mean, we, we, we've tipped them up a few times uh, pre-season. The Braves have now drifted out to sixes and the Nationals kind of doubled in price. They, they were 10 to 1 a few weeks ago. They then had that little run, a yeah. uh, little heater they got on, um, halved in price. And now they've doubled back out in price to, to sort of tens again uh, with the Phillies sitting at six to 1. So, and that's firmed the Mets up a little bit, which is no bad news for me with uh, with some of the, the tickets I've got on uh, World Series and what have you. But it's not the way, really, you'd like you to do it. Yeah. And just to wrap it up, I mean, it sucks for the Braves because now they lo- they lose their best hitter and now they're not they're not going to get their best pitcher. We talked about last week with Mike Sirocco not being, you know, he re-aggravated his injury. So for them to not have their best pitcher and their best hitter, uh, that's really going to be tough for the uh, Braves, but uh, it almost seems like that the the Mets are pretty much a lock to win that division. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right, sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. Draft day is happening 13th of July at 1 p.m. Pacific. Ryan, Real Money Kramer will be drafting underdog best ball teams for 24 hours straight. You can hop on the stream and draft with Kramer and the guys. Plus 15 free entries to Best Ball Mania 2 will be given out. If that wasn't enough, there's a $500 draft day props contest based off of Kramer that you can only enter in the app. So download the app, sign up at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Um, I'm not allowed to get, I can't get an underdog fantasy from uh, from out of the States over here. But I think that's uh, Kramer's going to be YouTubing that tomorrow. So I am 100%. Because the best thing I, th- I think about this is I'll be able to get on. It'll be kind of about three o'clock in the morning. So if I can get on in the middle of the day, I might just be able to uh, to have a little chat with Kramer and boost him up a little bit when he's in the wee small hours all by himself. So that's uh, that's tomorrow or tonight, depending on, on when you pick this podcast up. Uh, Kramer's going for it. So uh, yeah, I'm going to join the YouTube and see how far he's mentally unraveled by the time I get to uh, watch him draft a little bit. So uh, you've now read that ad twice and you haven't laughed uh, since uh, since you read it. So I, kudos to you. But, you know, we don't have baseball. We have the Home Run Derby tonight and there's no basketball until I think on Wednesday there's a two-game gap. So do you think I should dedicate my big screen to watching uh, Kramer doing these drafts for 24 oh, hours? Oh, 100%, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, you could, you could absolutely chronicle uh, how he's getting on. I mean, I don't know what his tactics are, whether he's going to uh, try a couple of beers or what have you. But, yeah, I look forward to uh, getting the chat room with him and see. Uh, see if I can make some unhelpful remarks. I'm sure you'll enjoy that. <laughs> um, so, home run, home run derby, Munaf. Um, 
Now, this is something where my rookie uh, baseball fandom means that you're going to take the driving seat. Uh, you're you're going to guide me through this. Okay. I've watched a couple. I've watched a couple of highlights, but in terms of trends, pointers, I've made some picks for tonight. Uh, just people that I like the look of, and, and uh, I've crunched a few numbers. Uh, but I need you to. I need you to take the driving seat. So. Um, what direction are we heading uh, tonight? Uh, what are the bets? What are the props? Uh, how are we making our picks? Yeah, I was trying to pull up my notes here. Um, so uh, I guess kind of to rewind, let's talk about uh, the 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 rules change that kind of happened uh, from, I think it was 2015, where they kind of changed the rules uh, of this uh, home run derby. So prior to that, it used to be where there would be 10 uh, player uh, batters would be given 10 outs, meaning that if they swung at the pitch and didn't, it didn't go for a home run, it was counted as an out. And they kind of found that it was really time consuming. And with the amount of batters that they had, uh, they had to do something to change the rule. So now what it is, is that they have the eight guys that are selected or uh, take the invitation to participate in the home run derby. And what it is, is that they, they give them a one through eight seed by the amount of home runs that they've hit up till now to the all-star break. So with Otani having the most home runs so far at the midway point, he's the number one seed and so on and so forth. And then they get separated into brackets. So one to eight, two, seven, four, five, three, six. That's how the bracket will line up. Kind of like how the NBA playoffs are in, in the Western conference or Eastern conference. That's how it's lined up. So what happens is now that they're on a time limit. I think it's about four minutes per batter. And then you have, I believe it's either one timeout or a two timeouts to kind of take a break, re kind of, you know, get some Gatorade and water in your system because swinging for four minutes straight is really going to take a toll. I'm exhausted on. just imagining that. That's yeah. absolutely right? terrifying. So them, yeah. So they give them two timeouts, I believe, and, you know, time to take a break and then start again. So pretty much it's just head to head, single elimination. So I think the first bracket is, uh, I'm just going to throw through two guys out there. Uh, I should have pull up the bracket here. I've got them down, yeah. So, on the, the left-hand side, we've got um, one v eight, which is Shohei Otani and Juan Soto. And then the 4-5 matchup is Sal Perez and Peter Alonso. Okay. And over on the other side of the bracket is the 2-7, uh, Joey Gallo and Trevor Story. And the 3-6 is Matt Olson and Trey Mancini. Uh, okay. And then we've got semi-finals and a final. I think there's a bonus time thing as well. If they, is it, if they hit it over 400 feet, they get a bonus few seconds added yeah. on the end, something like right. that. Yeah, so if they, I think this um so it, i guess it varies sometimes from stadium to stadium so if they hit it i i, I don't quote me on this I, and i should have been more prepared but i think it was if they hit it over 475 feet or something like that that they get some bonus time to add more home runs so let's just say so, so what's the angles then do we, are we looking to pick an outright do you pick matchups i mean and is it just a Mm-hmm. Pick your favorite player, or are there any actual stats that will lead us to the winner, Munaf? What's yeah. our system? So uh, I kind of went back, and you know, I could have gone to prior years and looked at you know um, who's kind of won this tournament based on their seating. But I, I really just wanted to go back to 2016 when they changed the format of having these seats in the bracket. And what I found was, obviously, last season because of COVID, they didn't have a All Star game in Homer and Derby. So the defending champion is Pete Alonso who is the five seed this year and is in the defending champion, right? Um, So since 2016, um, the number one overall seed has not won this uh, home run derby. And this year it is the face of 
the MLB season, at least for this season, your buddy, your, your, your guy, Otani. Yes. And so I didn't pick Otani this year because the history one, number one is not with him. And then we'll get to some of the particulars here in a second. So I'll just kind of go back from 2016. It was a number five seed who won was Stanton. And then the, for the last three years where they had it, it was all the number two seeds. So judge Harper and uh, Pete Alonso who won it in 2019, all number two seeds. Fast forward to the venue now, the stadium and the field. Uh, Coors Field, you know, for baseball fans who know, Coors Field is probably, if not is, the best hitter's ballpark as far as scoring runs and and hitting home runs and things like that. So I did post an article, uh, an early preview of what I expect to see in this home run derby. And and we had also talked about in the Slack channel was that the dimensions of Coors Field along with the altitude and and the heat that's going to be in Denver tonight is really going to play into parts of how far the ball might go and which type of players that it kind of favors, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess let's break it down by – let's go with our prop bets first. Um, so the books are offering that you can bet on the round one matchups, you know, how the bracket style is. You can bet on the Logness home run hit. You know, they the books have posted. Some have it at 510 and a half feet. Some have it at 519 and a half. So if you shop around, you may be able to find a lower number if you do like the over. Um, there's also prop bets where you can bet on who you think is going to be in the exact final. You think it's going to be Pete Alonso versus Joey Gallo. And you, that's something that you have to kind of go through the list. So I guess kind of slow it to down and zoom it out. Um, I wrote down on our uh, on our sheet. Let's start with the one that I think was really talked about in our Slack channel today was how far the longest home run is going to go. And depending on your book, you can find different type of numbers. Currently on DraftKings, you see it at 500, 519 and a half feet. Um, and some other books, you have it at 510 feet. I was able to find it on a local at 506 feet. And I took the over on that because based on the altitude and the temperature that they're expecting tonight in Denver at Coors Field, I think there's going to be some monumental home runs that are going to be hit. So I, the, my first prop bet was over 500, 510 feet is going more, more than 510 feet is going to be the longest home run. And yeah, I, I like also, that because that, that's it. No, I, was, I was having a look. Sorry to interrupt no, you there, Moon. Oh, but a lot of the winners recently have been sort of 470, 480. And this would have been a Coors Field thing. You can't, you you have to factor that in. So it, it's a it's a little bit of a dart through uh, and, and you've got to come down on one side of the fence. But finding that number, that number at 506, when some books have got it at 519, yeah. uh, that's, the, that's the window of opportunity that you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, and then quickly, historically, I, I just forgot to mention that the, the last home run derby at Coors Field was in 1998. And the longest home run in that longest home run hit in that home run derby at Coors Field was by Mark McGuire. And they estimated it to go at 510 feet. So with some of the power guys that we, we have in the derby tonight with Joey Gallo, a guy that's a power bat, um, Otani, a guy that, you know, he looks like a small guy, but he has some, he has some pop in his bat. So 
Um, for my first prop bet, I'll give you two. The two prop bets that I liked as far as this number was. I took the over 506. You, you probably won't find that now, but I also took the over at 510 feet to go uh, over that. And then I took Joey Gallo to hit the furthest home run at plus 350. So to start off the betting card tonight, those are the two prop bets that I started with. Okay, I like that. Um, so one of those markets, I did pick one, um, and it, that was the player to hit the longest home run. And I just saw Otani, because um, I haven't picked him to win it. Um, you, wa- you want a player who's going to be there for all three rounds. I think that gives you a much better chance of winning, obviously, if you're hitting 12 minutes worth of home runs rather than four. Um, so I think Otani will go deep into the competition. Yeah. Um, and because I wasn't picking him to win outright, uh, I didn't want to leave him out of my picks. So this was a way of getting him. It probably one of the bigger prices. I think he's uh, five to two um, to win overall, um, but he was seven to two to hit the longest home run. Uh, so that was that was my uh, one prop uh, that I picked out. And then we had a we had a round one matchup each that we've picked out. Yeah, you want to start with yours? I'm trying to look for a price for yours. Uh, uh, yeah, I couldn't. The, the the two UK books that I use over here um, had. Uh, Basic, basic props. They didn't have any of the fancy ones. Uh, they had the outright winner uh, and the player to hit the longest home run. Obviously, not as much, not as much interest in the UK. Uh, so it was just. Um, okay, I was trying to do a bit of homework. I wanted to come with some valid information. Sure. And what I did find, I, I looked at the park dimensions, which got posted in the Slack channel, uh, and obviously, centre field's kind of the deepest, the deepest part of this, uh, of this park, and. Uh, Trey Mancini. It was a great story um, uh, surviving his, his colon cancer. Um, but he hits um, a lot of his home as have gone to centre field this year, uh, straight away centre. Yeah. So I think if Mancini carries on, if that's his, uh, if that's his arc, uh, if that's his wheelhouse, uh, then he might just struggle um, to get as many balls straight away as some of the uh, pull hitters. So I've taken Olsen over Mancini. Uh, in that bracket. Now, I didn't have a price. So if you tell me it's minus 400 or something, it's not a very it's not a very fancy price. But uh, did yeah. you manage to find anything? Yeah, it's minus 240, which, okay. I mean, especially when you have, you know, some of the guys that the books are expecting in advance, they're all, they're all above minus 200. There's not a single matchup that they have, which is less than minus 200, which is fine, right? We're in the home run derby. I mean, We've talked about that, at least for our picks. We don't want to do anything above minus 200. But when you're in a home run derby in such a small field, it's okay. Um, So what we can do, Moonaf, is we can parlay Olsen uh, over Mancini. We can parlay him with your pick, which is the same price. Who have you gone for? Exactly. So my pick was going to be Pete Alonso in round one over Salvador Perez. And I know you put a note on Salvador Perez, so you want to get into that? I, I think that was that was where my head was exactly at, and then I'm glad that you put that note there. Well, there was a couple of things. Hey, Peter Alonso won, uh, obviously, two years ago, but he won, he won very comfortably. It yeah. wasn't really close. Um, he, sort of, he, he smashed everyone out of the water. There was no... Uh, well, it certainly wasn't a photo finish. Uh, so that nudges us in one direction. But yeah, Sal Perez, I just think... Um, he might struggle a little bit for stamina. He's quite a big body. Yeah. Um, he's a catcher. Uh, he can't hit it uh, a long way, but I don't know for a, 
for a large period of time. Then you've helpfully pointed out that no catcher has ever won yep. uh, the home run derby. So um, there was two or three pointers there that I thought um, Alonso was a good pick over Sal Perez. What I was actually looking for when I started narrowing down the field was things that could people I could put a line through rather than who's going to win. I was like, I started with who's not going to win. Yep. So I got to Mancini, um, too many centre field shots, put a line through him. Sal Perez, I think, struggled for stamina. And then you helpfully added in the catcher thing. And Otani, I put a line through. Just I thought the price was too short. This is yeah. a competitive event. It is a, it's an exhibition event. Um, and I didn't want to be choosing a favourite. Um, I didn't want to go chalky in an exhibition. So I, put, I managed to put a line through those three. So, yeah, that's where I got my Sal Perez uh, info from. Uh, and you fancy Alonso to take him out in round one. Yeah. And um, and like we said, that the number one overall seed for Otani hasn't uh, won the uh, title or won the home run derby in quite some time. So I think that's something else that's on our side. So uh, round one matchup, just to recap, that is going to be, uh, I have Pete Alonso over um, Sal Perez in the first round. And then Malcolm, you have um, Matt Olson over yeah. Trey Mancini. Okay. So then in, if your book allows you to parlay those two P uh, to get uh, two first round matchups, I would go ahead and do that also. Um, did you have any other props uh, as far as you know furthest hit furthest guy hitting the longest home run or no after so I've already covered uh, Shohei Otani to okay. to hit the longest home run at seven to two so plus four fifty there yeah. uh, like I say I wanted to be there for three rounds and I do think he'll take home some kind of prize but not uh, the winner so yeah we can move on to our outright picks and Muna for the winner um, where did you land yeah and and these were two guys that when I the initial um, the initial lineup or the guys that were participating was said, uh, Pete Alonso was the first that kind of stuck out to me because he's the only guy in this home run derby that has experience and he is the defending champ. Everybody else has not participated in the home run derby. So I think that was one checkbox uh, for me for Pete Alonso. Also, Pete Alonso, I was reading some articles around some other uh, you know guys that I respect and like reading their work is that I found that you know because they are in altitude in Denver, and Peter Alonso said that he's number one excited to be in this home run derby as a defending champ. But he also said during the offseason that he's usually on the West Coast and he's used to being in that altitude and that he won't have a hard time adjusting to it. Um, I'll take his word for that, but I think we'll have to, that's something that we'll have to keep an eye out for as the uh, home run derby progresses. So Peter Alonso, five to one, I found. I, I got down on that. And the second guy I went with was uh, Joey Gallo, plus 400. Uh, I see he's now down to three to one, so there's some money coming in on Joey, uh, Joey Gallo. Uh, probably the guy that, of the eight participant, probably has the most power uh, amongst these guys. So I think Joey Gallo is a guy that can make that run in that. I think he's on the weaker side of the bracket also. Um, so those are the two guys that I kind of fancy to, to win this um to win this home run derby. And quickly, I am trying to look for the exact matchup for these two guys. So Joey Gallo and Pete Alonso to go head to head in the final round in the finals. Yes, I like where this is going. Muna. 15 to one. Okay. Um, and that's right now the prohib or that is the second. No third favorite behind Shohei Otani and Joey Gallo at 12 to one. And then what was the other one? You you go through yours and I'll, I'll try to write down these matchups. Yeah, so I, I 
I took one pick um, and Joey Gallo was my man as well. Now, I've just taken some 92 about Joey Gallo. So I've got four and a half to one, uh, which if anyone is over here or can get on Skybet, Skybet is what I've used uh, to get my 92 about Joey Gallo. Uh, so that's a good price. Um, few reasons. Um, a, it is the easier side of the draw, I believe. Yeah. Um, and for most of the stats, well, like I've already said, I didn't want to go talking with Otani. Um, Joey Gallo comes in second in a lot of the key stats uh, where Shoei Otani, it's a one-two actually. There's quite mm. a steep drop-off to some of the other players in a lot of these things. Um, exit velocity, um, home run to fly ball rate, and also uh, ISO, yeah, which is a, a power saber metric, uh, isolated power. So, um, so yeah, that, for those four reasons, um, I came down on... Uh, Joey Gallo as well. So yeah, Joey Gallo at nine to two. Uh, if you can still see yeah, a shop around and you'll find some, you'll find some nine to two. So um, yeah, my that that was my outright pick, Joey Gallo to go with Otani uh, is hitting the longest, the longest home run. Um, he's actually boosted up to four to one now. Uh, the, there's a little offer of four to one uh, that's on Skybit as well. So it looks like Skybit might be your place uh, to get the value tonight if you can access that website. Um, yeah, so they were my two, my two main picks. Um, but like I say, slightly feeling my way in the blind moon off, but uh, I'm all right. You know, I'm, I feel like me, uh, I feel like me process is solid. So I look forward to waking up in the morning uh, and uh, watching the highlights and see see if I can wake up to a winner. Yeah, I think we have a double lock with uh, Joe yes. Gallo. So I, I'm glad we have a guy that we agree on. So um, that's pretty much it. I think that's there anything else. We've had a, a extensive no, conversation. No, it's just it. I mean, the, the other channel. thing, okay. No, uh, yeah, the, I mean the Slack channel's been been a buzz today with uh, with chat. So we need to get this podcast up and running because we're yeah. probably about eight hours away now from first pitch. So um, people don't want to have to wade through my fifteen minutes of whinging about England to get to the good stuff. So uh, <laughs> so we can we can get this out and um, and let people listen and make their picks before before the fun starts in a few hours' time. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And then somehow housekeeping, then you can wrap it up. Uh, tomorrow we'll be recording with Nick and Will, uh, just getting our first half reaction, second half predictions, and a couple other things, and then picks for the weekend. So uh, looking forward to getting those guys back on tomorrow. Uh, other than that, for me, enjoy the home run derby tonight. Uh, let's go, Joey Gallo. Um, let's go. Uh, let's go over 510 feet for the furthest home run. And uh, that's all I have for myself. Anything else? Absolutely not, Moonaf. Uh, I feel like this has been a little bit of therapy uh, tonight. I feel like I've been in a safe space with you. You've uh, you've helped me out a bit. I'm, a, I'm the up part of the roller coaster now. I'm slowly edging my way, edging my way to the top again. So thanks for that. Um, yeah, we'll be back the rest of the week. Enjoy the All Star Game and the rest of the festivities this week. Um, we'll uh, appreciate you listening, and we'll see you down the road. Cheers.